0: Welcome to Catholic stuff, you should know the J Ten Initiative.
1: Procedamus in pace in nomine Christi. Amen. Amen. That's what we say when we're leaving the sacristy at the beginning of mass, or I don't know. Some people say that. That's what many say. Do you do that? Uh, I well, usually it's don't priest, say guess, that. Right? <laughs> when
0: I'm deacon and I'm leading, um, I say, uh, "Our help
1: is in the name of the Lord." Oh, okay. Who, made, who heaven made heaven and, heaven and earth. earth? That's one that uh, Father Hoke uses on, yeah. at the beginning. Because my sacristan and server, um, he was—he doesn't like Prochidamus and pache because he says that's not what I'm used to. I <laughs> serve with Father Hoke, <laughs> and he says auditorium nostrum in nomine Domini, and qui fecit celum et terra. Well, anyway, you're, you're catching
0: me. Uh, my head is just coming down from working on my thesis. So okay. uh, this is Catholic Stuff You Should Know. Hey, I don't think welcome. we introduced ourselves. <laughs> That's Jacob. the podcast you're listening to. <laughs> this um, is Father Mike. Um, so yeah, sorry, we're, uh, we're kind of flying right into this on a Thursday afternoon. That's right. Yeah. Um,
1: it's a Marty Thursday? What did you call it? Thursday
0: Mar- Gras? Well, Fat Thursday. Fat Thursday is a tradition in Poland.
1: I was going to say, is that actually a thing, or did you just make that up with...
0: Uh, I didn't make it up. If anybody made it up, his Father V made hey. it up so that he could get treats on Thursday? Thanks for the donuts, Father V Yeah. So I guess in Poland there's a tradition that it's it's uh, Fat Thursday. I don't know what they actually call it, but you celebrate on Thursday like we do on Tuesday.
1: And then you do um, the whole week up to Ash Wednesday, or is it just ha- probably? I don't see why you would
0: Maybe it's Thursday only. Uh, I know in many places they'll celebrate for two, three weeks leading up. Okay. Like I was down in new Orleans with some friends and they go weirdly crazy for Mardi Gras. Yeah. But there's what people don't know is that's like just the French quarter. Okay. Uh, There's really awesome family friendly Mardi Gras parades.
1: (laughs) I've been told, yeah, my priests from um, uh, my priest friends from New Orleans were yeah, like, so. "You got to come down for Mardi Gras," and I'm like, "All I know <laughs> is from the movies and like, you know, frat parties or exactly, whatever." Exactly. And that's embarrassing. I ain't yeah, going to that. It's
0: not that uh, they're, they've got all these parades, parishes, high schools, just grade schools, local community groups do the do their own floats, and they've got these parades going, kind of oh, like yeah. throughout the day down some of these main main streets that isn't kind of in the heart of downtown area. It's not the debaucherous uh, right. Mardi Gras that you, you think of. Actually, one of my favorite memories was 2013 or 14, right after having graduated college. I guess it would have been 14. I went down to New Orleans to meet up with some friends, and it was about a week before Lent. And it was just, yeah, they had parades like every day. So we went oh. down. And spent the entire day along. Got a good spot along the uh, the road. We brought like a like a um, foreman, not George, foreman, like a Coleman grill. Sure, so we were grilling out like food. Tailgating, yeah, we just tailgating, and uh, had some friends that were in the seminary in uh, in New Orleans. I think it's Notre Dame Seminary in New Orleans, and uh, so yes, yeah, so all the all, all the seminarians came out, um, and yeah, it was just simple, good family fun parades, nothing debaucherous. Did they throw
1: candy and stuff? They
0: threw candy. um, Yeah, mostly candy. Any Shriners? Uh, (laughs) Didn't (laughs) see it. would be ironic.
1: (laughs) So anyway, yeah, yeah. uh, Well, hey, can we make a pact? See, I love this stuff. I love parades. I love celebrations. I think it's one of those things that obviously can draw people from all over and uh, to have fun, join in. Yeah. Uh, families, whatever, (laughs) travelers like yourself, and is, you know, connected to the Catholic culture, but um, other people can participate. Everybody likes a parade. Yep. And everybody likes a party. So (laughs) how about this? Let's make a pact. Do you make pacts? I don't... I don't, I don't make pacts without knowing what the pact is. I'm okay. not going to promise well, you I was. don't yeah. you trust me? See, <laughs> this is kind of a setup. But let's. we're going to be priests together in Denver for however many years. Next got, yeah, 50, 30, 40, 50, 10, okay. 10 maybe for us. We're <laughs> I don't know exactly how to build up toward having one of those epic Denver Catholic parades. Parade. But let's do let's it. Let's build it. Yeah. It's going to start with yeah. you and
0: I are going to build a float with Father Sean Conroy, and we're just going to drive it around Denver. That's how it's going to start.
1: Hey, it's got to <laughs> start somewhere. I mean, they do the um, dragon boat races yeah. on Sloan's Lake, yeah. and uh, Frozen, right. Frozen Dead Guy Days has, like, sled races.
0: We are. We, I'll, I'll, I'll commit to that, pack. So I think it's Let's all about it the happen. floats. Yeah.
1: And then either, either you organize something all diocese, or you just like have an event where you invite people mm-hmm. and you tell each parish that they have to, you know, build a float or something more organic. We could build our float with Father Sean or compete with Father Sean <laughs> to build a, a better one and then challenge the youth groups at various parishes to do better, to do better that'll or to have a competition. We, Everybody loves competition, right?
0: That'll get way more than just trying to get the, the parishes to join up. Yeah, if exactly. If we get the kids competing.
1: What was cool, and it could be sustainable. I think yeah. that is
0: how these things start because then it's a tradition, it's a culture within the the youth group, and mm-hmm. they'll have like their base float, but they'll tweak it, they'll add it, they'll change it. You don't have to like rebuild all of it. Yeah, but you
1: can kind of like adapt through the years. Is it a? I was always thinking that a um, Camino Colorado, like Sacred Heart, yeah, feast would be the right time for us, just because it's like a, it's a. A devotion that has formed the history of our diocese, and then it has like some prominent landmarks. Yeah, like Sacred Heart Parish is one of the earliest parishes we have, uh, parish churches, and then we've got that statue of the Sacred Heart looking down on Denver, blessing Denver from yep. Cabrini Shrine. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it could be Mardi Gras, it could be whatever, but it, uh, I wanted to have some freedom not to be necessarily tied to like a corpus christi mm. because something so like formal uh, it, it would be it'd be up to like who's in charge who's the headmaster who does that i don't know who for a parade there's like a guy with a baton there's isn't has gotta there? be yeah who's at the front and he's doing <laughs> his like march and uh anyway the mc the master of ceremonies whatever they could make it very very formal. And then they would do away with all these silly floats yeah, and stuff. And all the fun. So it's gotta be it's gotta it's be, be kind informal,
0: of informal, off the cuff, ongoing tradition starting sometime in the future. That's right. All right. We have <laughs> Father Andrew Rudman of uh, of Diocese of New Orleans, I need you to send me any information you know yes. about how these
1: floats actually happen. See this uh, stuff in, in Europe, a lot of the procession stuff that really has become really cool traditions. Has a lot to do with neighborhoods competing yeah. with each other yeah. for cool stuff. We're not good at that in, in America.
0: Neighborhood pride. What well, I guess I should say in Denver. Maybe in America, in Pittsburgh, I would go and meet people, and they'd still like, "Oh, I'm from this neighborhood. I'm from this. like oh, they had yeah. they had the pride. I think uh, Boston has some of it. Okay, um, maybe the East Coast has a little more neighborhood character still. But
1: I agree, we don't have it anywhere. I, we, I'm from Capitol Hill, <laughs> but nobody says I'm Capitol. You know, I'm from Cap Hill. You know, i it's just everybody's from Denver, I guess. Mm-hmm. We're still s- kind of small. We don't have as much, like, um, defined ethnic neighborhood reality. True. We did once upon a time, but now it's all mixed. So, anyway, we can still make it happen with parishes, right? Yeah. That's the same concept, right? Yep. You get their local village. I'm actually going to uh, call to all listeners.
0: Start pestering your pastor and youth group don't tell them it was us because they'll get mad at us that's right but that you want to enter into a some sort of float competition with other parishes yes say that you've heard a quasi pact (laughs) made and uh yeah after i'm ordained and have uh, no authority as a parochial vicar we'll
1: make this happen (laughs) well see that's why i say there's time that's when i could probably actually have the time to uh, push something like this in (laughs) it's true it's hard to know yeah i think it's i think it's doable we're right on the cusp yeah you know, well, get your, get your assignment, get settled in, you know, you don't have to stir the pot right away, but, um, just keep it in mind. You know what I mean? because you're into this, it, right? Uh, are you, absolutely. Are you excited about it? Like no, I, am? I
0: love that because it gets, uh, it's, it's contact. It's touch points. It's here's, I'll share this and then you can get into your topic. Okay. I've been praying a lot with, uh, Jesus on the way, especially in like gospel of Mark. Cool. Jesus is always on the way. He's on the How road. How about Luke? And Luke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mark and Luke, Jesus is on the way. He's heading towards Jerusalem. And everything kind of happens in context of this motion. Mm-hmm. And he's he's off to do something. And then he gets interrupted. And then there's some encounter with somebody. Healings happen. Teachings happen. So just that idea of being on the way, I've been really reflecting on. Instead of my general MO, which is like, I've got this activity, that activity, this task, that thing. And I'm kind of sprinting from one to the next. Uh, to go do the things that are important i don 't have the time to be on the way to be surprised on the way, mm. so i 'm looking for ways to build into my life uh, those moments of being on the way interesting, and so like not not rushing and commuting, you know finding ways. I even just had a uh, a wonderful encounter last week. I had a friend 's birthday party in the afternoon at like their two year old daughters, and I was leaving the parish to go over there for that and i took some work to do cuz i had about an hour and a half before the the party was going to happen and so i go there early it's like a food restaurant coffee place and was going to work and i walk in and end up running into this guy who's wearing a collar he's like oh collar's corner over here nice. and end up being a, a presbyterian pastor cool. and just started chatting with him for like the next 45 minutes and right, right so it's like these these places of not rushing to something letting yourself be uh, Surprised, yeah, along the way. I'm all about that right now, and I think, uh, like a parade would allow for a lot. So, you're going to this event, but this time is going to kind of expand, or, mm. or uh, the duration of it's going to happen, and people will be able to
1: have encounters throughout the way or throughout yeah. the time. Um, I don't it's know. like a pilgrim life, or do you have strategies? Like, is this just a kind of a consciousness you want to, um, Remain mindful of? Do you stop and breathe and kind of reset perspective or call on the Holy Spirit to, you know? I haven't done that. That's a good idea. I should just do that. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> but, um, I, I always tell myself I'm going to do that and then I don't really yeah, throughout the day.
0: One of them came. Uh, I'm walking back from the seminary to the parish house here, um, trying to do it more often because I'm getting ready for Camino with Father Sean Conroy. Oh, yeah, right. So trying to get my walking up. But that was one of the places where this was coming from of like Mm -hmm. just encountering people, talking, smiling, chatting, whatever. Um, But then I think just, yeah, having building space within this last Saturday, I was driving from one thing to the next and just such a rush all the time. Yeah. And I was like, man, I hate this. (laughs) I hate how this feels. I want to be more like on the way. I want to be, I want to be able to be surprised. Um, And that even gives like getting to something a little early and maybe staying a little bit later, to kind of have the encounter so it's not just like I'm dropping in for some ministry thing and then I'm gone.
1: Yeah. But life just becomes kind of work and you become a slave to the calendar too. Mm-hmm. I have set up my, you know, February calendar and really plan things out very deliberately, like I don't usually do. At least to <laughs> visualize. I mean, I have the same routines. Yeah. You know, I have a set amount of prayer that I I do every day. I have obligations with parish work and school and all of these things are there, but I try to avoid looking at it. I just <laughs> It's you know, scary like, when you see the actual like week calendar. That's what I'm saying. And then it was like, Oh, I only have a few of those, you know, evenings free. Yeah. And it was really stressful for a couple of days while I'm, you know, staying very disciplined to it and staying just like ahead of it, like kind of paying attention. And then I realized, well, I enjoy everything I do. I don't have to feel like <laughs> I don't have any of my free I don't have any freedom or something. Because I can just if I take the you know, breathe, step back, enjoy. There is the spontaneity even in the even in the yeah, in the planned things and the enjoyment. So yeah. a lot of perspective. Maybe that's something I'll um I'll remember your <laughs> your way for uh for Lent, you know? There you go. Lent's coming up. I don't really love to have, like, resolves as such, but just to—I'm I'm, I'm kind of more into praying, Lord, have mercy. Like, just—here's mm. a desire I have. I want to grow in um, honesty. I want to grow in humility. I want to grow in chastity, whatever it is, and then try to cooperate with grace instead of, like, I'm resolving to dot, dot, dot. <laughs> I
0: will accomplish this in—
1: yeah. And I frequently, I think there's something to that because, you know, you got to be deliberate about penance, but at the same time, I'm just like, hey, I've lived long enough to not to trust in myself a whole lot. <laughs> but I do we're also are also, we're also, also, also the, the grace of God. <laughs> we're not very good at planning
0: for ourselves. Yes. So. <laughs> yes. That's absolutely true. I, okay. Uh, yeah. I just, I'm thinking of that. Yeah. The fact that like, you ran out of gas and I was there. It's like, God's <laughs> taking care of you. That's right. That's that only right. happened once. If you heard the story, it didn't happen again. That's not a that's right. not a weekly occurrence.
1: Right. <laughs> I mean, it very, might it might very well be. But, uh, okay, so Procidamus in Pace, let us proceed <laughs> in peace in the name of Jesus. So out of the sacristy, you know, heading into Mass, and there's this little prayer. I use Procidamus in Pace in Nomini Christi, which means let us proceed uh, in peace in the name of Christ. Yeah. So you're entering in with that sort of perspective of, okay, I'm gathering myself and um, taking the peace of Jesus into this, um, into this mass. So, I that was kind of just digressing back, but also as a way of sliding into entering out of the sacristy and into the mass. Into again. the mass for part two of Sodovoj. Voce. voce. I don't know when this is coming out, but
0: um, we'll be. I do know it's uh, it's November sixteenth. Okay, that's my sister's birthday. Awesome, fifteenth or sixteenth, yeah, something. <laughs> Happy birthday! If it's if it's a, well, no, November. No, no, sorry. Did I say November? You said November.
1: I'm Friday. I thought February. you were playing. Okay. No, February. <laughs> okay, it's, that's coming it's coming out a week. It's coming out a week from now. A week from this recording. <laughs> not my sister's birthday. Um, that would be November. So. Uh, Way early, happy birthday. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Okay, so we'll be in Lent, but I don't think that makes a whole lot of difference. This is going to be part two of a uh, two-parter I had started that was published maybe last week or the week before of um, all of the quiet prayers that are prayed during the Mass that the priest prays. And um, just to give a, give people a sense of what what's being whispered by the priest, and then uh, maybe some of... The well, I, just kind of some thoughts. I don't know, I'd love to hear the thoughts of all of the priests around the country or whoever listens to this, but also a way to um, kind of give people a sense of how a priest prays the mass and then also um, some of the spirituality of mass itself, yeah. you know, that goes along with this. So, I think we covered uh, the blessing for um, the proclamation of the gospel. Yes. And then did we do we did some
0: stuff with the gifts, the offering?
1: Yeah, we did. So, we got the one the blessing before the proclamation of the gospel. And it's a kind, it's a kind of purifying, you know, cleanse my heart yep. and my um and my lips. And, and then, then, then we had the prayer after the gospel. After the gospel, may the words of the gospel wipe away our our, uh, our sins. And then we had the preparation of the gifts um the mingling of yep. the water and wine, the um, couple of prayers that the priest prays for um, humility and then prays, um, wash me, O Lord, of my iniquity and cleanse me yep. of my sins. I think that's I where think we that's got. I think that's where we got. Yeah. <laughs> so um, both of those kind of recalling that uh, the incarnation, like God becoming a human being and then sort of strangely ennobling us, to act on behalf of God, speak with the voice of God for the proclamation, the gospel, and the preaching, and then um, the humility of God and the humility of the priest himself when entering into the the offertory and saying, God, I need your grace, and also um, keep, me, keep my feet grounded so I don't think I'm fancy and so that I'm just aware of the amazing thing that's happening here. Yeah,
0: because the amazing thing that's happening is you are in the person of Christ at the sacrifice, offering it to the Father in the heavens as the angels, the cherubim and seraphim (laughs) sing holy, holy, holy from Isaiah. No big deal. And it's like, well, yeah, I'm doing that, but it's because Christ is doing it in me. John Paul II in, shoot, I can't even remember which one. uh, one One of his later books, Reflecting on the Priesthood, talks about The Eucharist is kind of the source of the identity for the priest because in persona Christi, that's his experience. Mm. But then because of that, um, personal holiness is paramount and uh, education and preparation becomes paramount because you actually know, even though God is the one doing this, you're like, well, I want to participate as best I can. So there's this uh, humility of God to come down, a humility of us to receive, and then like a a desire to, I guess, excel, (laughs) If that makes sense yeah prepare to 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 do it well, to not just yeah to not fall into the mass like we fell into this podcast
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> that's right, yeah, to to be present, you're standing at the foot of Calvary, you know you're standing you're you're at the Lord's Supper, it's some of the most amazing moments in history that you enter into and this sort of eternal moment, so being present being aware not being distracted by the rest of life or by our own sinfulness and fallenness but um, to be set apart that is holy and for the sake of that moment to be as present to heaven as possible okay so that takes us up to the uh eucharistic prayer so you got the offertory prayers then there's a um, prayer over the offerings um the Preface, Lord be with you and and with your Spirit, lift up your hearts. Uh, it is right and just. The uh, Sanctus, Sanctus, like you mentioned, Holy, 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 and the Eucharistic prayers. So there's no sodo voce in those. Mm. It, back in the day, now I I should have looked into this because it's simple enough, and I um, yeah I ought to have. But back in the day, most of the Eucharistic prayer was sodo voce, yeah. so uh, inaudible or Below the regular voice, um, but now it, with the Novus Ordo, the the prayers are prayed out loud, and um, so that I think so that you know people can know what's being prayed mm-hmm. and um, kind of join in. Like, may let my sacrifice and yours be acceptable to God the Almighty Father. Like we're we're offering the sacrifice together priest has a privileged place, but we're offering it together as a body of Christ. Yeah, So it's appropriate that we're all um, praying the prayers, hearing the prayers, and um, kind of letting all of that be addressed to the Father in our own hearts and minds. Mm. Um, so you get through the whole Eucharistic prayer without any sort of voce. There's the uh, memorial acclamation, and then all the anamnesis, and the all the way up to the great amen and then there's our father and the sign of peace and then finally you get back to the Soto Soto voce prayers, and these prayers will now surround um really reception of the eucharist um there's one that's going to be a preparation or a couple that are going to be a preparation and then also um is there one yeah after at the purification Yeah, yeah, there is one there. Okay, so what we're looking at is the first one being the fraction, right, I believe. So this is going to be right after the great amen. So right after the great amen, you have our Father, you have the sign of peace, and then you have um, the priest. Either during the Lamb of God or just preceding it, there is this... um, Here's the rubric. Then he takes the host, breaks it over the paten, and places a small piece in the chalice, saying, quietly. That's the of Voce. May this mingling of the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ bring eternal life to us who receive it. Okay, mm. so you've, you've fractioned the, the host, pulled off this little piece, and then um, dropped it in the chalice, and um, are p- praying about this mingling of the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Bring eternal life to us who receive it. So there's something at least the way that I understand it and the way that I pray it of the, you have the lamb of God present in front of us, um, transubstantiated at the moment of the consecration and you're praying prayers for who are we offering the sacrifice for? So on the one hand, there's the anamnesis. We remember your, um, your death, resurrection and ascension. Uh, you can ask father Dan Eusterman about those. He's been <laughs> writing an article on the Paschal mystery and then, um, and then there's prayers. There's prayers for the living. There's um, prayers for the dead. There's prayers for the Pope and for all the people present, uh, the bishops, the clergy, all the people present. And, um, and then sort of, Lord, sanctify us so that we share in the communion of the saints. Uh, um, and then there's a list with Mary, Joseph, and all of the saints. And, and then the great amen. So hmm. what you have in front of you is a sacrifice, that's been set up. The Lamb of God is present there. Um, you might say, "Well, the lifting up is part of the, this sense of Jesus on the cross," but I tend to think of um, the fraction right as here's the death of the Lamb. You're yeah. breaking the, you know, the host. It's representative of breaking the the um, body of the the sacrifice of the Lamb and the separation of soul from the body. So here's a, an image of death, of um, yeah, separating that host, and then almost immediately you have the um, the mingling of the body and into the blood. You drop this little piece into the blood, and you um, are kind of symbolizing the reunification of the life into the body. Blood is life, and mm-hmm. um, the combination is almost a symbol of the resurrection. So then when next you're going to lift up the, the um, both the patent and the chalice and say, behold the lamb of God, Uh, behold him who's who uh, takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the lamb. You're using this image from the book of revelation. That is the lamb who is both slain and enthroned. So here's the lamb now, but it's already gone through the death and the resurrection and sits on the throne. Um, yeah, it's interesting. So one of the things about that
0: first elevation, um, you have, well, I guess you've got kind of the three beforehand, just the, just the host, just the chalice, and then both together, mm. uh, right before the great amen. And so what's just happened there is the bread has, the first one, bread has truly become the body at that point. Mm-hmm. And then the wine has truly become the blood at that point. So it's now, it is Christ. Mm-hmm. And then we get to the through Him and with Him and in Him, O oh God Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is Yours forever and ever. So the paten and the chalice are held up by the priest or the priest and the deacon in a posture of offering. So it's be, it's become the body and blood. Yeah, and just like at the the Last Supper, Jesus blesses it. It becomes this is my body, take and eat. This is my blood, take and drink. It is Him. And then that's held up in a posture of offering Mm -hmm. to the Father. Oh, God, Almighty Father, all glory and honor is yours forever. So this is the offering, um, almost the, the, I guess, at Gethsemane, Lord, your will be done. Jesus is Mm. offering himself. And then on the cross, he's offering himself. He entrusts his spirit, gives his spirit over to the Father. So there's this whole moment of offering Mm. and then the death. And then the mixing, and now we come back, and we have resurrection, body and blood together, slain, alive, enthroned. Yeah. So there's a cool kind of difference between those two. One is an offering, and then one is, behold, this is the Lamb.
1: Yeah, yeah, I I love it, and um, and then, then he's gonna come off of the altar down um, to the people, Mm -hmm. and give himself to us, right? Um, but then, yeah, so the Soda Voce prayer, just while the Lamb of God is being chanted or, um, or spoken or just before it says, meanwhile, the following is sung or said. So while the priest is praying this inaudible, then the Lamb of God is being said. Now, if you're a priest and there's not a choir, there's not a, um, a deacon, there's nobody's leading the Lamb of God. Then of course you do this little uh, fraction right before the Lamb of God. May this mingling of the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ bring eternal life to us who receive it. So, it's something like, this is where we're going to be revived. There's an image of um, a reminder that we have died with Christ in baptism, and that our lives are kind of constantly threatened with being torn apart, and death is a reality. And so, we're seeing, this this is the means by which we live. And the priestess is um, recognizing that that we're sharing in this death and resurrection of Christ by our participation in and reception of the Eucharist, of his own body and blood. This is like, it's like a, it's like a transplant. <laughs> uh, when my grandpa had cancer, well, I mean, anybody has cancer, they're doing, um, or kidney problems, you do dialysis, so you're taking away your unhealthy blood and then using someone else's blood, or cleaning up your own, and then putting it back in. So there's something in us that is kind of zombie, (laughs) and in need of replacement. Or you could say the same with like a heart transplant, or something of, uh, yeah, a substitution of, you give me your body, um, while this, my body of flesh is corrupt in some way, and now, after baptism, that's kind of hard to say ex- the same way as previously, but it's true. we kind of keep bouncing in and out of death <laughs> in sin and, um, and just life, and we need that that unity of bodies. you know my, I need my body to be transformed by this this one who has already been broken and um, reunited, you know get the blood back into the body. You know. <laughs> Does that make sense with the dialysis?
0: Yeah. No, it's, yeah, it's the blood transfusion the, the, uh, that we might have life. Blood is life, right?
1: Yeah. And you can see the health of someone change immediately when they get that blood transfusion. It's like life returns to their skin and to their face and strength re- returns to the body. This is all happening with our reception of, um, yeah, of God. So then uh, from here...
0: We get the Lamb of God. Do we have anything before distribution of communion? Mm-hmm. Or, okay. So this one, you haven't done this one yet. Yeah, these um, are at best. I've I've been
1: alongside the priest and I hear. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I kind of whisper it. I don't know if this is wrong, but there's a, a kind of convenience of keeping the microphone on, and instead of just flipping it on and off and on and off, and and then also. Yeah, well, I so I say it quietly, but sometimes knowing that it's being heard a little bit, um, not trying to distract from like the onus day and all that. Okay, so then the prayer, uh, the priest, after the the Lamb of God, you're gonna bow slightly, and um, with hands joined, you pray one of these quietly before the elevation, um, or before Behold the Lamb of God. So there's two options. And they used to be one, uh, and both of these prayers combined, and now you have the option of one or the other. So the first, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God. So this is a kind of a devotional preparation prayer for receiving the communion by the priest. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, who by the will of the Father and the work of the Holy Spirit, through your death gave life to the world. Free me by this, your most holy body and blood, from all my sins and from every evil. Keep me always faithful to your commandments, and never let me be parted from you. Okay, so that first one, I tend to you know you see the Trinitarian there mm-hmm. at the beginning. Um, I tend to be really grateful at this point point for free me from all my sins and from every evil mm. that it's you've already done this like uh, ritual washing, but it's really the Eucharist that's going to bring um, freedom, life, um, this is a an Exodus ritual. Of being freed from your sins mm-hmm. in um, by the bu- by the the sacrifice of Jesus Himself and uh, of our reception of His um, His body and blood, and then I love that the end. Um, so this is a ritual of freedom. It's um, yeah. It's healing is another word that's going to be used elsewhere, but um, this one is breaking the shackles of um, pride of all sins and from every evil. Um, keep me always faithful to your commandment. Never let me be parted from you. I love that yeah. line. And I pray that even I'm confessing, even if I pray the second one as <laughs> an option, I still pray that last line, uh, or those last two, keep me always faithful to your commandments. Yeah. Never let me be parted from you. Mm. It's, it's the desire of the heart, yeah. you know, and the, the Catholic lives with an awareness that we can jeopardize our ability to receive communion. Yeah. And either through, you know, grave sin or um, separation from the church. And I just don't want that. Yeah. I don't ever want that.
0: We were just talking in my uh, spiritual theology class about the difference between meritorious good works, which are inspired by charity, love of God in your heart, and then prayers of petition, which are uh, directed by faith. And so you've got the the two virtues— charity and faith. Charity moves you to meritorious good works, which prayer itself can be a meritorious good work. Acts of service Mm -hmm. can be a meritorious good work. Contemplation of God, meritorious good work. Attending the mass, you know, faithfully, devotionally, meritorious good work. But this prayer of petition as from faith, that's if we do fall out of the state of grace, if we fall into grave sin, if we depart from the church, if we depart from the Lord— uh, there can be an error of thinking like, oh, if I'm not in grace, I can't really pray or I can't uh, merit yeah. anything. And it's like, in a sense, you can't merit um, in, in the theological sense, which do a whole other podcast on that another time. Sure. But you in faith can ask the Lord. And that's how you get back into uh, into communion, into relation. So you can ask the Lord for, for repentance, ask the Lord mm. for uh, uh, being able to get to the sacrament, uh, to be able to get to confession, to be able to be reunited, whatever it might be, that's coming out of faith. And so I love it that this prayer is a prayer of faith in the priest, the priest's faith, Mm -hmm. holding him who we have faith in, uh, making a prayer of petition that I would never, that I will be remaining with you, that I will, Mm -hmm. I just love, I love that it's, um, yeah, there's Christ's infinite meritorious work of his sacrifice going on, but then us in faith are making this prayer. And it reminds me of the whole Christian faithful during the Mass after the Behold the Lamb says, Lord, I am not worthy that you should strength under my roof, but only say the word, and my soul shall be healed. Um, this is a, a prayer of petition out of faith that the Lord, yeah, we aren't worthy,
1: and yet the Lord speaks, and we are healed. Yeah. And help, keep just keep me close to you. Keep me close to you. It's, it's humble. It's saying I don't— I can't have that absolute confidence in myself, but I do have that confidence in you, that faith, that trust. Despite your perfect schedule now. (laughs) Hey, I know I got everything together in every way. uh and then remember that uh, the priest is praying on behalf of the people mm-hmm. and so when and so when i'm praying um, keep keep me always faithful to your commandments and never let me be parted from you i'm also speaking for the church yeah, as know, the head, and for my parishioners let us never be parted from you okay here's the second one um this is a second option at the same moment um may the receiving of your body and blood lord jesus christ not bring me to judgment and condemnation but through your loving mercy, be for me protection in mind and body and a healing remedy. Okay, so this one focuses on, um, let it not bring me to judgment and condemnation. And um, that is probably a reference to uh, 1 Corinthians 11.29, yeah. where Paul is saying um, that you can eat and drink condemnation on yourself by um, an unworthy reception of the the Eucharist and an unworthy he he's he's talking about the words of consecration so we know that when he's talking about eating unworthily it's a cultic um, I mean he's talking about the mass Mm -hmm. when the community gathers Um, unworthy there is probably in reference it's hard to know exactly what he would consider an unworthy reception of communion but the the context of that uh, that reference that he's warning the community about, and he's asking them, you know, have this conversion around your commun- communal celebration of the Eucharist, is that they have been fighting amongst themselves and excluding and judging each other, and saying, you know, these people are worthy, these people are not. These um, the rich and the poor are kind of starting to separate in that those in that Corinthian community, and um, he's. So he's saying, you know, you need to be in communion. Um, it's like, kind of like when Jesus says, before you come and offer your sacrifice, make peace with your brother. Yeah. And so there's this, if you're not unified, then you're you're inviting judgment and condemnation on yourself. And then the other piece is that Paul has, has just mentioned how we have to do, everything that we do for, is for the glory of God. So it's not for our own glory. So it could mean a number of things in the letter to the Corinthians. It's actually not so you know, simple, but at least two things are clear. One is if you're receiving the Eucharist for your own glory, like I want people to see how great I am. Um, I'm this great religious person or, um, you know, I want, I, I don't know if, it, if it's not in honor of God. And it's not a celebration of God. Then it's for our own glory, and it's um, and it's unworthy. And you're setting yourself up. You know, imagine you go to judgment, and you got the whole community there in the court, um, the, everybody who's ever lived and died, and <laughs> then there's Jesus, who's your judge. And it, imagine the Colosseum. Now, this is very speculative. Okay, people, this is not <laughs> how it's going to work. Maybe, <laughs> and um, they give, you know. Jesus says, okay, thumbs up or thumbs down for this guy. <laughs> and the crowd, the, the crowd, once the truth is revealed, because the truth yeah. is all revealed at that point. And you see, um, this guy who postured himself as being the greatest you know, Catholic who ever lived or whatever, look at me, how great a you know, religious person I am. And the truth comes out and it's like, well, you didn't go to mass the majority of your life. And you were a jerk. You were unfaithful in your relationships. You were, um, you were deceptive and selfish and everything. And you're up there saying, you know, presenting yourself as this, you know, this great one, glorifying yourself. You're probably going to get some booze from the crowd (laughs) when the truth comes out. Now, if you're humble and you say, you know, I'm just doing the best I can, and you try to, you know, live a holy life, and you were you know, practicing the faith, then people will be like, yeah, this ain't easy. I understand, (laughs) you know, uh, mistakes are made and um, your gift of yourself religiously glorifies God. It's great. Thank you for being, you know, thank you for going to church all the time. Thank you for practicing the sacrifice. Thank you for sacrificing yourself for fidelity to your relationships and trying to stay away from sin. So this, I think, is, it kind of goes right back to this, kind of perennial teaching of if you're in mortal sin, if you're not practicing the faith and you don't go to mass on Sunday, if you are living in uh, a state of sin um, perennially, don't go present yourself um, for the Eucharist before going to make a confession and saying, Hey, I'm not, I'm not, you know, the (laughs) all-star and I'm not going to go, you know, set myself up in front of the community and my family and um, as though I am, you know, now that said, I want people to be very careful because I have found in my priestly experience that most practicing Catholics are very hard on themselves about um, worthiness, you know, about you know state of grace, and these kind of questions. Am I doing this well? And the fact is, if you're practicing, if you're persevering, if you're going to church, you know you go to confession once in a while, and you're staying away from I don't know grave sin, you're doing great. You're doing great. <laughs> Don't think that you're, you know, um, receiving the Eucharist with um, as an, like an offense to God, sacrilege. So that's the first one, glory. And then the second just being condemnation. If, you're, if you are resentful toward everyone in that room, if you're judgmental toward everyone in that room, if you hate half of the church or that guy, and not just like if you feel hurt, if you feel anger, but if you really are not willing to forgive and you're not willing to accept and love, then you're not in communion and you shouldn't pretend that and you should go make things right before um receiving that um that said uh, the the end of the prayer so uh, may the receiving of your body and blood lord jesus christ not bring me to judgment and condemnation but through your loving mercy be for me protection in mind and body and a healing remedy so you're saying okay well i don't need to set myself up perfectly i do need healing and I need a remedy, and there's some sickness that is always going out in my life. You know, I'm sinful, and I'm broken, and I'm trying to heal from the hurts of the past, right? So if I resent someone across the room, or in the church, or the leadership, or I've been hurt terribly, or there's hypocrisy that has been a scandal, uh, or my own hypocrisy, then some of that is like, I can't, I can't fix this. I need God's medicine, and this Eucharist can be that medicine. So again, it's an act of faith. Yeah. But do you see the difference there between, well, the second one focuses on the judgment and condemnation. Yeah. And I find that intimidating, but I've turned to it more and more <laughs> of like, Lord, I want to be holy. Um, just help me with that because I want, I don't, I'm kind of mixed on judgment. We That's a whole nother topic, <laughs> but I don't know. Are you afraid of Judgment. Are you nervous? Are you fear and trembling? Are you excited? I oscillate between being really stoked for judgment because I'm too hard on myself and I need Jesus to tell me the truth of me. And on the other hand, I'm like, okay, I I don't know. I, there's fear and trembling of, yeah. you know, did I, did I do as much as I can? I know I haven't, but, um, you know, by the grace of God, can I do more? Or not just do more, but... I don't know. Do I want everybody to know everything? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think um
0: somebody said if if you're oh, I can't remember how because I don't want to butcher it, but basically if you're um if I'm if I'm afraid of this coming out to light or whatever, um, I still have repentance to do in my heart. Um because <clears throat> even that judgment, uh you're gonna see God's glory in the forgiveness of your sins. Mm. And so we still hold and carry so much shame about this, that, the other thing, a period of our life, um, but then kind of really being healed from that to the place of letting that healing glorify God. That doesn't mean you need to go tell everybody everything you've ever done, um, but there's something of all that has been hidden will be revealed. Uh, shattered from the rooftops, you know, Um, nothing will be hidden. And so does that terrify you? (laughs) Me a little bit, you know, okay, I've got more, I've got more conversion. I've got more repentance and I've got more releasing of that shame in the forgiveness of God, in the mercy of God so that I can glorify him in that. Um, And that's the work of, of daily penance, daily repentance, Mm -hmm. which isn't holding on to sin and beating myself up, but letting myself be healed from the shame and the guilt that now I've been forgiven and letting it now turn into something where Paul can boast. uh, uh, St. Augustine can write his confessions um,
1: where he proclaims, this is what I was healed from. Yeah. And then you get this moment. I I mean, before, before final judgment, you have purgatory, which is going to be this, difficult but real i mean you're gonna have to be real about the shame you're gonna have to feel it but it's also going to be healed yeah and that's a great thing uh meanwhile this is happening here and the eucharist is a powerful way of healing it's with a corny image it's jesus is going to giving himself to us it's like giving us a big hug like you're (laughs) gonna be okay i know you're ashamed i know you have regret i know you have fears um but i love you and in the love, there's that healing. Like you said, even the sins itself somehow glorifies God all the more. You know, if if I know myself to be really terrible sinner and I'm forgiven, um, I feel the love more. It's more profound in a way um, to me, that mercy, that forgiveness, like the woman who's crying, you know, on the feet of Jesus. Okay, so it's... What is he doing? He's giving me a 40, 45. 45 signal. 45-minute no. signal. And he's looking at the <laughs> clock. Uh, so Let's we'll, go. The um, Mass is getting... We're almost an hour in. we got to ah, finish man. up no. Um We're moving on. Okay. So then the there's two more. The one is um, you have Behold the Lamb of God. Everybody um, celebrates and then receives communion. And... Um, when the priest receives communion, he says, um, "Corpus Christi custodiat me ad vitam eternam. sanguis Christi custodiat me ad vitam May the blood of Christ, may the body of Christ, keep me safe for eternal life." And this used to be a prayer that you gave uh, to everyone when you um, were distributing communion, and now it's the priest that pray. The, it's the prayer the priest prays inaudibly or quietly, um, kind of on behalf of everybody. But may the body of Christ and blood of Christ keep me safe for eternal life. So this is the food for the journey you know and the protection yeah. that i want I want to have life and strength going on your pilgrim's way on the way of life, but then in, even into death you know um, safe for eternal life so i don 't know this is another fun image about the other side if if one of those could be judgment and another one can be what happens on the journey after this life we kind of tend yeah. to think of well i I die and then I wake up and i 'm in this clouds or something <laughs> but there's you know a tradition of talking about the journey into the afterlife and eternal life and um the eucharist helps to sustain us i mean the the last rites used to have viaticum that was the last time you received communion as food for the journey mm-hmm. and um, so i don't i mean i don't think about that a whole lot i guess but i'm trying to strengthen myself and, and bulk up if you would get swole, get carbo strong. load before the uh, yeah exactly the carbo load before the journey of the afterlife. Um, but here it is: you are carbo loading with the the body of Christ Himself and that, that strength and holiness that's of the spirit of the soul. Caris loading, yes. Okay, last one. Uh, when you are purifying the vessels, the priest or the deacon prays: "What has passed our lips as food, O Lord, may we possess in purity of heart. That what has been given to us in time may be our healing for eternity." Um, and I'll just point out, I mean, much could be said, but of um, that purity of heart. Mm. You remember that heart transplant that's happening with reception of the Eucharist. And this is a little prayer of gratitude after everyone has received and the vessels are being um, being cleaned. Um, we, yeah, you're asking, Lord, um, cleanse my heart. Remember Jesus said, blessed are the pure of heart for they shall see God. And we've just seen God and we're grateful for that, that purity. And, um, we're asking that that be sustained, you know, Mm -hmm. heal my heart so that it's perfect when, um, when I go out of mass and into the world and I can love and then heal my heart so that I I enter into eternity with this uh, perfection of grace.
0: There's something cool about the, the moment of encounter and purity there and the not yet, um, that your two moments, your your present moment, is united and uh, present to God's eternity, and then we're also praying for the eternity. So we're praying for this moment that we maybe heal, maybe our healing for eternity, mm. and so it's a healing which is now and for eternity. It's kind of a mm-hmm. um, a both and, and I just love that <clears throat> you're thinking towards this this moment, this reception, this tangible, physical, uh, sacramental reality of Christ's body um, is healing. Mm -hmm. It passes our lips, but it's also connecting back to those other prayers. May it be received in purity of heart. We were praying for purity of heart. We were praying for uh, worthy reception. We were praying to be made whole uh, and ready, uh, Mm -hmm. kind of all up to this point. And then we're now kind of responding, Lord, we just received you may it be received as we were preparing to be received, um, that it may be healing.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so just a review of some of those images. I mean, the mask gives us a bunch of images for the priest to pray with. One is um, that the Eucharist is healing. Another one is uh, it's protecting, that it gives life where there's death, um, that it glorifies God, and then it sets us up for, uh, for eternity. And that final um, kind of... Journey and judgment, so all of that you can kind of bring into your um, to your own prayer. You're you're headed for priesthood in no time, <laughs> and um, and you'll get little pieces. The Lord will speak, you know, through these little prayers. So yeah. it can become kind of functional, I think, sometimes because you're getting through the mass, and um, you know, it has its distractions or. Not just distractions. Sometimes a, a moment in the mass can catch you, and then your kind of heart stays there while you're doing the yeah. rest of the prayers, which is just fine. But um, just know that this is this can be a real like Lexio Divina type of um, reality with these little prayers. They can catch your heart and help you to pray in a particular way for that mass, kind of in a tone or a you know um, a key for that mass. <laughs> Okay. That's what we got. I wanted to shout out um, John McCabe. I can't remember if I shouted him out. He's a seminarian from Philly looking at starting the Companions of Christ with some older (laughs) priests. And he came out uh, to Denver and stayed over Christmas break for a week. And we hung out a lot and he's just a wonderful dude. Very holy, was a good example to me. And um, I'm just happy for him. I'm praying for him. He's early on in seminary. So Um, whatever Uh, shout out to him we also got a shipment of mystic monk coffee that I think came from him but it was anonymous so uh, thank you John if that was from you
0: yeah I was not thinking of shout outs so I've got none this week I'm sorry
1: we'll uh, we'll get back to those our next episode (laughs) All right, praise God Uh, the mass when you get back to the sacristy usually the priest either says proceed Omnibus boosted Single release Or uh, Praise Be Jesus Christ now, now and forever. forever. That's right. Okay. Amen. Praise Be Jesus Christ now and forever. Amen. Amen. Catholic See ya, stuff everybody. you should
0: know. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. Hoping you're having a great Lent. <laughs> or we'll have a great. Yeah, no, one day in. Go parade and stuff. <laughs> Cheers.